Turn your Bibles, if you will, this morning to Matthew 16. Let's all stand and read today in honor of God's Word. Let's read together. This is my Bible, the living Word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. We're in Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13. And this is when Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what do you say, he asked, who do you say that I am? And that's the question this morning. Who do you say Jesus is? Who is he really? Does your life say this, what Peter's getting ready to say? Or does your life say that Jesus is something down the road, something, something down in the, in, the, in the level of importance in your life? Or is this what it is? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. I will tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. We're talking about the church this morning. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Let's pray. Father, today I pray that I pray that you would come and so move on someone's life that them and their family would never be the same. That this would be a day that they decided I will be part not only of God's kingdom, but I'm going to be part of his of his work here on this earth at this time in this town. And Father, I know that hearts and lives are changed because of the life of the church. And when families and people decide, I'm going to be part of a church, it can change your life forever. And I pray that that would happen today in this place. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There are lots of opinions about what the church is, but Jesus tells us very clearly here what the church is. He says, I build my church on people who have come to this real spiritual realization that I am Jesus and that I am the Son of God. And he says, that is the church. That's who I build my church on. Meaning that that they know that Jesus is the Savior, that he has taken away their sins of the world, and that they believe that and that they hold that to themselves, and that has happened in their life. And Jesus says, that's what I build my church on. That's what the church is. The church is made up of those people who claim this and that that is real in their life. The church, though, has a way of becoming an organization instead of what we just talked about. Now, we need some organization in the church, uh, but we can get to the point that we are spending our time and our energy in keeping up the organization instead of what God has called us to be. We have to have an organization. We have to have some church government. We, we have a building. We have property and we have equipment. And all these things are important, important. But our main emphasis can never be the continuation of the organization. 
The main business is the continuation of the church. And the church is people who have come to the place that they say, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He is my Savior. That is the church. That is the mission. This is not the mission. This, the organization, is not the mission. The building is not the mission. The activities are not the mission. The mission is always people coming to the place where they say, Jesus is the Son of God. I must come to him in repentance. I've done that. He is my Savior. He's all I'm counting on that's going to get me to heaven. That's the mission. And that's what God has called us to as the church. That's the church. The organization is only here to point people to that. That's what we're about. That's the only reason we do what we do. And sometimes it's, it's oh, those things kind of get mixed up. And I understand that. But that's what God has called us to. We have to come to this place where you understand that he is the Savior, that he is the Christ, and the realization that that and that alone is what changes people. Not the building, not the buses, not the programs. Are all those things important? Can all those things point to that? Absolutely. And that's what they're there for. But those things cannot become the, the, the ministry. The ministry is always that. The church organization uh, is not what Jesus is talking about here. He calls the church people. And, and, and people that have come to this realization. Jesus defines it uh, as, as people who have come to this place that they realize that Jesus is a Savior. You can be part of the church organization and not be part of the church. You understand that this morning? You can go and you can come and sit and you can come and be part of our church. You can be, a, you can be an active, what we would call, member of our church. You can come and you can sing. You can be part of a Sunday school class. You can have a ministry here and still not be part of the church unless you have come to that place where you say, Jesus is all that I have. Jesus is my only, Jesus is the Son of God. And you say, well, how could you sneak past you? Well, we'd hope that you wouldn't, but it is possible. You can fake us out, but we would hope that wouldn't be the case. We, you, can, you can be part of the church organization and not be part of the church, but we want you to be part of the church. And our goal and our purpose is to, to get people to a place where they encounter Christ and they follow him in every day and every part of their lives. And we have activities. We have children's activities. We have teen activities. We have teen activities, but we are not an entertainment center. On Wednesday nights, they come over there and they eat pizza and they play games, but we're not an entertainment center. All those things are to point to that. On Tuesdays, we, have, we go to the school and we got a bus and we pick up a bunch of kids and they make a lot of noise. And the other day, it was rainy and the bus windows were up and they were wet and it smelled bad. It was bad. They had a wreck over there on Hubble, and I didn't think we was going to make it. We sat in there, and all the windows were up, and it was pouring rain, and we were sitting still, and that funk started coming up. Woo! I'd rather had a bunch of wet dogs than a bunch of wet kids. But anyway, and we all come over here, 
And I'm going to tell you what, Cindy said that they had the same thing. I sat over in this section with three rows of little boys, and the Holy Spirit came, and they were quiet for the most part, and listened and heard. We have some activities, but we are not an after-school program. We're trying to point them to that. And we do these things. We have women's ministries, but we're not a club for women. We have men's ministries, but we're not the Lions Club. That's not what we do. We are, everything we do is pointing towards that. Now you say, well, Pastor, didn't you have a skeet shoot the other night and a fish fry? Was that pointing towards that? Well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> I mean, we do some things that are fun. But they're all supposed to be fellowship pointing towards that. You know, we're not a skeet club and we're not a fish frying club. But we like to shoot skeet and we like to fry fish. But anyway, uh, it all has to point to that. We're not an entertainment complex with lights and sound equipment just set up for entertaining people. That's not what we do. Do we have uh, sound equipment and entertainment equipment? Yes. But is it for entertainment? No. It is to show who Jesus is. I, I don't know. I know you guys don't probably even pay any attention. We have some of the best sound people that there is. They really are. We went, we went to a thing back this summer, and people would get up there, and they'd be, and then it would come on. And I was sitting, I was talking to Cindy, I said, thank God for Tim and Alan. You know? Well, you're here enjoying, they're back there working. It's work to make sure that every song comes on, and that everybody's voice is heard, and there's no skipping in between, and no, I remember that. And does that ever happen? It does some. But that, you know, you know why they try to do a good job? Do you know why they try to do a good job? To point towards that. So that you don't know that anything else is going on but that. And we have those things for that. And I am trying to remind you this morning that we have all these things, but all these things are to remind us about who God is and what he has done for us. I'm reminding you and me this morning because Satan would love to use the church and the good work of its church to sidetrack us from the mission. Do you understand that? Satan would love for you to get involved in something in the church to where you became so involved in that activity that you forgot what the, what the real meaning of church was. You say, oh, pastor, that's, that's impossible to do. It's easier than what you think. It is, it is possible for me to get so involved in, in whatever it is in my ministry or, or whatever it is my activity is that I would forget what the actual ministry was. It would be possible for a Sunday school teacher to become so involved in the activities of their Sunday school class that they forget what the mission really was. It'd be possible for us as a church to get so involved in our kids' activities or in our teen activities or in our men's or women's activities. We get so involved in doing that and we have to have equipment to do this and we have to have this and we get all involved in that and we forget what the mission is. It's possible to do. 
And then we, we own these ministries and these ministries become ours and things like that. And, and it's possible that we could hurt people's feelings in the midst of this. How many people have you talked to who have left the church because of the church? Have you ever heard someone say, I will never go to church again because of the church? Satan would seek to use the church to run people away from the church. And you say, oh, pastor, that would never happen. You're not talking to the people I'm talking to. It's possible. Some of the worst hurts in the world happen in the church. And Satan loves for that kind of thing to happen. And we have to be careful within the church that those things don't happen. And the best way to do that is to be focused on the mission. Because the mission is more important than anything else. And this morning I want you to see a real picture of the mission. Jesus said the mission is that people would know that I am Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And that people would know that and come to this place where their, where their life is changed. And they would come to this place and live life together. Helping each other and proclaiming that to others because this is what we see in the life of the disciples. What do we see them doing? They lived life together. They helped each other along. They ministered to one another. And God seeks for that to be what happens in this body. He seeks for us to live life together. The disciples were chosen to receive the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, at a certain time and a certain place to further his message. God trusted them with that. At that place and that time in history to take care of his ministry here on this earth. To take care of his word so that people would know. You, they, were, they, were, they, they may have had disagreements and they may have had problems, but they stayed together because they were the church. And the church was born out of their belief that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. And they were faithful with the care of the church at that time and that place. And history shows us that they were careful. Recorded history tells us that people were being saved, that people were being healed, and, and people were coming to know Christ. And we have been called to be carriers of God's word in this place, in this time in history. The, the disciples were in Jerusalem, and they were 2,000 years ago. That was their time, and that was their place, and that was their ministry. We are Marshfield 2015. This is our time, our place, and we're the people. Those before us were the plan then. We are the plan now, and there is no plan B. The plan for where uh, I remember... And this morning as I was thinking about it, I cannot think about the church. I love the church. When I was, a, when I was growing up in 1970 through 1985 when I graduated, I've been out of school 30 years. I know what you're thinking. You're far good looking to be out of school for 30 years. That's, 
that's true. It is. <laughs> it is true. I mean, but when I start thinking about the church and the place where I grew up, the place was Ava and that span of years in there. And the plan was Brother John D. Moles. And he was the plan. And Fanny Lewis was my teacher. And Carol Sue Watterson was my Sunday school teacher. And I don't remember half the things they said, but I remember they were there. And, and Brenda. And a bunch of families that was my mom and dad's age came together. And they did life together. Like what we do here. And they raised their kids together. And we watched out for each other. And God, God placed them in that place at that time for a reason. And that was their place, and, and that was their time, and, and this is your place, and, and this is your time, but you have to say, hey, I'm going to be part of it, because there was many people that came in and out of the doors of the Highway Church of the Nazarene and never got connected. And never got connected. And I don't want that for you. I want for you, I would love for everyone to have the experience that I have had with church. I love the church. I got, I get, I get, I get angry. I don't know if you ever get angry. I get angry. It's a righteous anger. I think it's okay to be, the word says to be angry, but not sin. And so I get, I get angry when people put down the church. Say, oh, there's no use for the church anymore. The church, we don't have no use for the church. That's something gone. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I got saved because of the church. I came to know Jesus because of the church, because I went to Bible school and because I went to Sunday school and because I went to camp. And, and I got saved. Of course, the Holy Spirit, you know, he does that. And of course, it's him. But I got saved because of the church. I stayed saved because of the church. I stayed saved because of the church. I had people coming alongside me that, that helped me along. Joe Freeman kept me and helped me. I'll never be able to repay Joe for that. And God called those families that was the Highway Church of the Nazarene together for that time of lifespan. And many of them aren't even there anymore, but they were there on that time. And we are here at this time and God has friends for your kids to not only show them who God is, but to go through life with them and keep them at this place in this time. And I went through life with Joe and Jimmy and Shannon. And I had a church who wanted their kids to love God. And they believed they had a mission for that place and that time. And I got saved in that church, and that church kept me saved. And God seeks to do that in this church. For this time and this place, wherever you are, and whatever time and place you're in, there's God, there's, God has set people at that time and that place to show who God is. And we're here in Marshfield. 
and we're the people. And Marshfield is the place. And this is the time. And people have come before us. There's a whole slew of people that have come before us. Uh, I sat and I was talking to Derwin Kicker, the, the Baptist preacher, and, and, and uh, Wes. We all came to Marshfield just about the same time. God has trusted us at the Baptist and the Methodist and the Nazarene Church for however long we're here. We're the plan. That weighs on me. There's people that have been here before and they did their job and I want to be faithful at this time. But for right now, the, the, the Christianization of Marshfield is under our care. Do you understand that? That's what God has called us to do. You say, well, that's, that's the pastor's job. <laughs> that's your job. You know way more people than I do. You're out in the community way more than I am. That's what God has called us to. It's under our care. And what was history going to show because of us? Will history show that we were faithful to him? Will history show that on our watch that we preached the message of, of holiness? Will history show that we came alongside people and showed them and brought them to the cross and showed them to the place where Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? And not only did we show them that, but we came alongside of them and helped them along. And, and when their marriages had trouble, that we prayed for them and lifted them up and we tried to show them. And when their kids had problems, we prayed for them and lifted them up and tried to help them out. And that we, we gave them everything that we could to point them in the right direction. Is that what history is going to show of us? Boy, I hope so, because we're the plan. We're it. There isn't anybody else. We're the church, us and the First Baptist and the assemblies and, and all of us. This time, this place, in this place in history, in this place in geography, we're the plan. And what's history going to show of us? I hope it shows us faithful. Will those who come behind us find that we fought back against Satan? Or did we just get in a hunker down and take up space? I don't want to be in a hunker down. I want it to show and history to show that we were fighting against Satan. The word, the word says it's a battle. It is a, it's a battle. This is, and this is our outpost. We need to be fighting the enemy and not each other. What kind of army would it be if we, if we argued all the time while we were fighting? That's not what God has for us. That's not what God has for us. I want us today to remember to stay in the fight. I'm so glad that the Highway Church of the Nazarene stayed in the fight. And I had people come alongside my mom and dad and stayed in the fight. Nothing reminds me more of why we do what we do than when I see our kids and our young people. That's, what we, that's why we do what we do. My church growing up was faithful. Will we be faithful? To be a church that takes people who are involved. In order to be the church, it takes people. I read that wrong. In order to be the church, it takes people to be involved. Doing the little jobs that make up the ministry of the church. You got to have people to have Bible school. You know that? You know, Sunday school doesn't just happen. We don't come in here on Sunday morning and say, hey, you take this and you take them. And you, 
That's all been planned out ahead of time. You've got to have people show up to do that kind of thing. I know these guys make the song service. It sounds really easy, doesn't it? Don't they, don't they do a great job? She just learned how to play the violin this morning. It's fantastic. That just happened today. It's planning. Someone's got to say, hey, I'm going to do that. Choir and all these things. It takes somebody doing that. Weddings and funerals and, and prayer needs and all those things are part of the church. And all those things. The church was there on the... The special, the most special days of my life was in church. And with church people. I remember my wife getting baptized at Cowskin Creek. She couldn't remember what to wear for a baptism. She thought at a baptism you wore the best dress that you had. And she walked off in the creek with the best dress she had. And I was surrounded by my church that day. And the day I married her was just like a few days ago with Mitch and Karen and Cody and Morgan. And I stood up in front of my church just like they did. And they told the church, Cody and Morgan and Mitch and Karen said, this is what we're going to do. And they make vows to each other, but the first vows of a wedding is to the church. And they said, hey, church, I stand here in front of you, and I'm going to be married to this woman, or I'm going to be married to this man, and I'm going, to fall, I'm, going to, I'm going to stick with them. And I have no idea what's going to come down the road, but you all hold me accountable because I'm going to stick with them. That's the first vows of the best days of my life was at the church. And then there's days when you bury your dead. And we've all had days like that. Where we lay to rest our friends. And who's there on those days? The church. I've been at many funerals. I'll never forget some of the funerals that I've been at. And the church comes in and we hug each other and hold each other's hand and cry on each other. and That's what the church is. And all of those things are made possible because, people, because of people who have in their life realized that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, and they wanted to be known for that and they wanted other people to know it too. And they entered into a relationship together and... God says that we can thrive in that relationship. And there's two things you need to do. There's more than two, but I'm going to talk about two things you need to do in order to thrive in church. That's, that's the message this morning. I've talked about church, but there's two things you can do to help you thrive. If you want to thrive in the church, you need to be here. You ought to be here. It's hard to be part of something and not be at that something. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to be uh, inside and, 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 and uh, you know, it, it'd be hard for me to be part of the St. Louis Cardinals because I never show up to any other practices. 
I never go to any of their games. You'd say, Pastor, you're really not a St. Louis Cardinal. I know that. And they're never going to have you. I know that too. But I I couldn't be if I never showed up. If you don't come, it's going to be real hard for you to be connected. It helped you do better in church if you come. And the more you come, the more you get to know people. And we're glad you're here. But there's more, and, 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 and I know some of you say, well, I, I don't know if, if that's what I want. Well, we're glad you're here no matter what, but we, the more you come, the better you are. The better it helps you. And lots of people say, well, I don't, I don't feel like I'm part of the church. Well, are you part of a Sunday school class? You're part of a Sunday school class. That would help you get involved with people. Do you come on Wednesday night? No. If you come on Wednesday night, you would really get to know people. Do you go to men's or women's stuff or prime time? No. It's hard to get to know people if you don't do that. I'm looking down here at Floyd. Man, Floyd came back when we were giving away the car and the turkeys. Floyd comes on Wednesday nights and prays with us. I seen him the other day at the prime time. Floyd didn't say, oh, well, you know, church, you need to, you know, I, I hope I can be part of the church and I'll just stay at my house. Floyd said, I'm going to be part of this. I'm going to come and, and, and be part of it. I'm going to come and, and get to know him. I'm proud of you, Floyd. I'm proud of you. You have to say, hey, I'm going to be part of it. And, and you know, people say, well, you know, I, if someone would ask me, well, you know, sometimes you just need to just do it. Sometimes you just need to say, hey, I'm going to be part of this thing. And do it. All right? You know, I, I don't know anyone. Well, come on Sunday night. You get to really know people on Sunday night. There's only three of us here. It's just, no, that's, that's when you get to know people. That's when you get to know people. It's, it's a little more Wednesday night. You get to know people, things like that. Make it work. Show up. Come to church. The second thing is get involved with something. Find something that you enjoy and try to figure out a way to be involved with it. We've got all these things we're doing. Find something that you enjoy and say, hey, I don't, know what my, I don't know what I can do here, but I'm interested in this. And if you have a place where you need some, maybe you just need somebody to bring something. Maybe you need me to, to, to just come and, and I'll help you set up chairs or, or, or I'll help you take roll or I'll help you do this. Or Find something and do it. Get involved with something. I read this this week in the Herald of Holiness, so it has to be true. This guy that's some big muckety-muck in the church said this. He said, there's two types of people in the church. This isn't my quote. This is his quote, but I think it's true. He said, there's two types of people in the church. People who are involved and critics. If you're involved in something, you're far less likely to criticize it. You know what? You know, you know that? If you're in the middle of something... If, you have, if, you're, if you've got a pro football team, the people that are on the football team very seldom criticize the football team because they're in the midst of it. It's all the people that watch it. They're not, they're, not on, they're, not in the, they're not on the field. They're not the ones getting hit and busted and all this stuff. 
But they're always criticizing the coach and everything like that. But if you're on the field and in the midst of the fight, yeah, you're far less likely to criticize if you're in there. And so get involved. Find something and get involved. It's hard to criticize a team that you're part of. And we want you to be part of the team. Are we the perfect team? Look around. <laughs> look, at, look at this. <laughs> I mean, we're in trouble. We're going to have to follow God or we got no hope whatsoever. I mean, look at your leader. We're in bad shape, okay? But God himself, this is what, this is what, I'm telling you, I wrote this, this last page I wrote this morning. I was sitting in my chair and I wrote this, are we the perfect team? And I was like, look around. And then the Lord said, look at you. <laughs> I was like, shut up. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> Aren't you glad when God speaks to you? And, don't, and then don't you hate it? <laughs> You're like, thanks. And oh, you know, look at you. And then he said, then he said to me, what I said earlier, but I picked you. You've been picked. You ever been in a seventh and eighth grade when they picked teams? When it came to basketball, I was usually the second or third guy picked. When it came to baseball, it was me and this girl. <laughs> and they always picked the girl. I can't throw. I cannot throw. I can't do it. I'm no good. I stink. And they'd be like, do we have to, you know, I was like, do you have to, you want to get picked? Don't you like getting picked? You know that God has picked you. He said, you're who I want at this time, in this place, in this town. I pick you. God picks us. That may not encourage you, but that sure encourages me. Because before he said, look at you. You're not very good, but I still picked you. Thanks. And if God picks you, he's going to give you what you need to do it. And you know what we need to do it? Everybody, because you all can do something. You all have something that you're really good at. You all have a passion about something that God can use us. And we want to try to figure out how that is. What an honor to go through life with the people that God picked for you to go through life with. What an honor. What an honor. He picked you for this time and this town and this place. What an honor. He's picked you to defend this outpost against the armies of Satan. It's a battle out there. We have a lot of fun, but it's a battle. And this morning, we're just asking, come with us. Come with us. Come be part of it. I want to ask you this morning, is God asking you to go a little deeper in your life in the church? Is God asking you to be a little more involved? God has not called the Marshfield Church of the Nazarene to get in a hunker down at Marshfield. 
God's called us to take territory for him. Don't you want to be part of that? That's the best thing you could ever be a part of. It's never going to be the things that you did in this earth, how much money you made or how much stuff you had or whatever. What's going to matter is if you took territory for, for God, took territory from Satan. And today, God's Holy Spirit is saying to some of you today, Man, I pick you. I pick you. I want you to be part. I pick you. I choose you. Come, enter, enter the battle with us for something that's, that's greater than anything you'll ever be part of. Does that mean it's always going to be fun and easy? No. Does that mean there'll be bumps along the way? Yes. Does that mean we'll do everything right? Absolutely not. But it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. The church saved me. The church has kept me saved. You say, Pastor, that's not right theology. I know that. But it's still good. I got saved because of the ministry of the church. I stayed saved because of the people in the church. And the greatest days of my life have been in the church. And God has that for everybody here. You want to be part of that? We're inviting you to come and stay just a little bit after church. If there's some things you're interested in, sign up. Does that mean we're going to make you the head of it or make you the leader of it? No. Does that mean that we're going to have a place for everybody? We're going to try to find that. If in a couple of weeks you're still not part of something, you come back and say, hey, be like Floyd. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Say, hey, I'm going to be part of this thing. All right? Maybe you're just attending now and you say, I don't want to be part of anything, but I'd like to attend more. If God's calling you that, you should do it. Become part of something. And we want you to. And we're inviting you today. We're gonna, I'm going to have you stand and we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray for the food. And so when I get done, the first ten people that can go get you a sandwich, get, get at it. You're going, to have to, you're going to have to fight Jason Rose back there. He's already easing towards the door. Somebody, somebody keep your eyes. Joe, don't close your eyes when I'm praying. You watch him. If he gets to the door, tackle him. No. What? Yeah. The sandwiches are outside as you go in. I think the drinks are outside in the foyer. But all the chips and the desserts are at all the tables. Okay? And I'm not sure, but I think there's a chocolate fountain in there somewhere. All right, so you have to go hunt that one down. All right, I think, I think it's in there. Let the Lord speak to you. Let him call you and go deeper with him today. We want you to stay and have a great afternoon of fellowship with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for each one that's here today. Father, I get, I get choked up when I think about the church. I love the church. Best days of my life have been in the church and with people of the church who poured into my life. And Father, I pray that years from now that we will be faithful. The Lord will be able to look at us and say, you were faithful there at Marshfield in the years that I had you there. 
You pointed people to me. You were faithful. Thank you at that outpost. Thank you. Father, help us to fight off Satan every chance we get. Father, help us to come alongside and help people with their marriages, with their kids, and, and point young ones on to, to Christ. And, and Father, help us. Father, help us to do what we can. Father, I pray that you would bless our meal today and our time together, and I pray that it would all go to your honor and your glory. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stay with us today if you can. You are dismissed.